0: The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To
1: end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just 8 hours on Sunday. This is about the police officers officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. (laughs) All right. Guns up, giddy up. I'm on my own to open up the show i don't i don't, I don't know think what
0: eric could hit his
1: button he removed himself from the...
0: <laughs> help eric. me oh god help me guns up am i too
1: late guns up you are too late and <laughs> apparently you cannot hit, unmute your mic with your left hand and Streamyard won't let me unmute uh his no, mic no. either so that's weird it's
0: audacity's fault audacity popped up and if you hit the green triangle on audacity, it blows the whole thing up. And then you can't get to the minimize screen because it's blown. Is the Is it, it your screen up fault
1: though? Still, because you just realized you had to record when I sent the private message <laughs> 10 seconds before we went live that says, Hey, make sure you're recording
2: <laughs> Well, it's his fault because he broke his arm. Skateboard. <laughs> Look at him from the 10,000 foot view.
1: Yes. Yeah, guys, come on, man. It's the butterfly effect. Uh, and I, if you are watching, first of all, first of all, <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is Failure to Stop Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike. Uh, also with me today is Eric and Drew. And you, if you are watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Obviously, we broadcast live on YouTube on Fridays at 11 a.m. If you're only hearing this, you will not see that I am, I am coming to you live from the scene of this week's tragic incident where uh, Eric it wasn't it turns out wasn't even on a skateboard he was just uh walking and fell into the bowl and ultimately shattered his right arm <laughs> so I, I went live to, uh, from the scene uh, of the incident as i conducted my own in- thorough investigation into what happened so that that gives you any indication of how eric's week is going yeah Mike, well i'm going to uh, be
0: rich because
2: <laughs> While you're still at the scene, could you tell us how the candlelight vigil is going?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of teddy bears and ribbons on the fence that uh, surrounds us here, and uh, some some poster, some poster board. and uh, yeah, there's there's a handful of people here. We expect more tonight.
0: yeah, i'm I'm suing all the skate parks across America. Uh, why they would make them out of concrete, why they would make these things skate. They should make skateboarding illegal. I'm going to advocate. I'm going to advocate for skateboarding being a crime for now on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You've changed teams.
0: Oh man. <laughs> it's been a hell of a week though. I, I wrote down some things while I was uh, on codeine. Uh, that's what we call codeine now. Thanks to lumber chef. But I, uh, while I would get really doped up early on, on the codeine, I would take notes And I wrote a bunch of jokes and everything like that. And um, here's one of the jokes I wrote. What does the communist potato like to eat? I don't know. Dictator tots. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that. I wrote that. I also wrote (laughs) jujitsu is the new CrossFit. (laughs) I don't know why I wrote that.
1: Well, I mean, I guess you're not wrong about that. <laughs> but that was in my notes, and I
0: think it was because I called my buddy who's like a big-time CrossFit uh com- com- competitor, competitor. And I called him and uh I said like, "Man, how are you doing, dude? Like it's good to catch up with you, blah blah blah." And um I was like, "You got any like CrossFit competitions coming up?" Like, what do you-? he's like, "Actually, no, dude. I'm uh I'm working on getting my stripe so I can compete in the fall." Um and I was like, "Getting your stripe?" What, what, what stripe are you talking about? And he was like, oh, I do jujitsu now. And as soon as I get uh, another stripe, I can compete. And I was like, oh. and I think I wrote jujitsu is the new CrossFit.
1: That's funny. Uh, guys, if you are not familiar with the show, we've got four different styles. This is the flagship version of the show on Fridays. where We break down a case past or present. And Drew, what are we talking about today? What are we breaking down?
2: We're gonna break down the 2009 uh, it, it was a deadly span of like 30-ish days in October November December uh, in 2009 up in the Pacific Northwest where law enforcement was under attack
1: interesting all right so we're gonna break that down today and then I've got we've got we've got a year and a half of breakdowns so if you want to know what we think about a lot of different things boy oh boy have we got a have we got a surprise for you you've got tons of hours of content to listen to. Uh, On Mondays, you can listen to Dave and I and sometimes Elijah talk about law enforcement related news. On Tuesday nights, Eric and Andrea are doing true crime and they break down, uh, again, cases past, present uh, that are true crimey, murdery. And then Eric does last call on Thursdays. Uh, He talks about drugged up toads uh, or Britney Spears. Uh, who he is fascinated with. Any kind of pop culture that's going to help you sound like a normal person on the weekend so that you're not talking about domestics and dead babies. All right. That's the lay of the land, folks. If you appreciate the show, then give it a plus on the Apple Podcast. Subscribe so that it automatically comes. Same thing on on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can hit that plus symbol or the follow symbol and uh, leave a rating or a review. We read those out loud. And give you guys credit in the Wolfpack for uh, your genius ratings and reviews. Do we have any of those today, Elijah? Or no?
0: I have a mail call and Lou. Yeah, we reviews. don't have any reviews. Uh, sons I, of bitches. I have a um, this. This was crazy though. It was before my arm broke, and I got the mail, and it was a package on my desk, and it was like all tattered and torn, like it got lost in the mail. And in and it was like weirdly taped shut. <clears throat> like it had been opened and then retaped. And I was feeling the thing, right? Like that's what we do as first responders. We're always like, you know, we want we're always leery of such things. So I was feeling it. And I was like, man, this feels this doesn't feel right. So I got my my knife and I opened it up and the first thing I see poking out is like a cable. Let's see if I can make it work here with one hand. It was like a I don't know if you can see it, but it's, it's basically like a cable string with like a silver hook and then this clamp. And I was like, Oh shit, it's a bomb. So I ran the thing outside and I threw it as far as I could. Cause I was like, Ashley, convinced. Hold- huh? Ashley hold this. Yeah. I was like, take this kids and go as far away from me as you can with it. And so like nothing happened. So I'm like, I like poking at it with like a, with like a broom handle and shit. And I finally get it. And it's actually these, it was, it's a package for Andrea, but it's these clamps that clamp onto your shirt and hold your ID badges. That's all it was. And some stickers, some donut stickers for us. But it's, uh, the, the letter came from God, daggone it. I got to open this thing up. It comes from, from Ada. She says, my husband is an ex officer. Also, he turned me on to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love all of failure to stop and I count down the days for the next night shift episode every week. Just wanted to send some love and wish to you guys and have an awesome week. P S the tag clips are obviously for Andrea because they have the word bitch written on them. Um, I'm just kidding. It says nursing is a work of heart. Clever. Couldn't find anything cool to send Mike and Eric, but I love you guys. Barbarian was the worst thing we ever watched nice i thought barbarian was a very good movie actually but she has good taste in podcasts so let her have it thanks ada good job ada ada that's
1: ada right ada 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 is there somebody
0: sniffing sniffing you
1: uh i think biden's eating some ice cream on this one (laughs) <laughs> oh, the green screen. To, I, I haven't messed with the, the, <laughs> the stream yard green screen too much. So this is this is just new for me well, in the background here. Oh, man. I like it. All right. Do we have any sponsors that we got to uh, acknowledge here before yeah. we... Yeah.
0: Today's show is brought to you by GhostBed. GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack, bringing you all the Christmas deals, 40% off. We're also today's show is also brought to you by... AmmoSeek.com and UnderTack. If you're anything like me, you're sick and tired of searching for ammunition, and when you find it, the prices are so jacked up through the roof. That's why we are proud to partner with AmmoSeek. AmmoSeek is an incredibly helpful comparison shopping search engine for in-stock ammo, guns, mags, and reloading supplies. AmmoSeek is totally free to use, and you can save past searches and set price alerts, notify you. Look, if you're buying bullets, fucking go to AmmoSeek.com, use the promo code WOLFPACK, tell them that the WOLFPACK sent you. uh, AmmoSeek.com. Also, undertack. There's an entire new economy being created right now filled with patriotic companies. USA, USA, they've had enough of cancel culture. Make Kanye West cool again. Just kidding. Uh, mm-hmm. Kanye's losses ever live in mind. Uh, one, you can support every day. All you have to do is get dressed. I'm talking about undertack. Make sure your balls are patriotic. Wear under tack. They have to be the greatest boxers ever made, probably because they have literally been tested by special forces operators. Uh, They're made with high-quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking, so you can stay fresh and dry all day long. You don't even have to uh, wash your balls after a giant ruck march or a sweaty day of jujitsu fit. If you're wearing... Attack, your balls will smell just like they did when you woke up. Nice and cheesy. Undertac is durable, ultralight, and shrink-resistant. The best part, they're almost 30% less than the woke designer brands. They're 30% less than Balenciaga. Um, with non-binary models, go to Undertac.com, spelled U-N-D-E-R-T-A-C.com. I don't com.
1: this non-binary nonsense. <laughs>
0: they're not. They're saying it. They're saying they're almost 30% less than the woke designer brands with non binary models.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Good, good. I'm glad.
0: Yes. You
2: put a comma in there.
0: <laughs> I didn't mean to put a comma in there. It's the Kodakane. Get 20% off site wide with Wolfpack 20. That's Wolfpack 20 at undertack.com. Support America, a company that's pro America. Pro Two A. What does Two A have to do with underwear? And Pro Military. Basically, if you I'm put on packing this a gun in there, packing heat, you're packing <laughs> mad <Maddie>, heat, dog. <laughs> Fucking Wolfpack
1: Twenty, dude. UnderTack.com. We're talking double barrel.
0: We're t- <laughs> you can fit two dicks in. It's those actually underwears. a
1: deformity. It's a condition, so I don't like to be talk about it too much.
2: <laughs> it's semi-automatic. <laughs> two
0: dicks, four balls, one pair of underwear. Undertech
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the read the ad read you didn't know you wanted to hear <laughs> <laughs>
0: the only underwear tough enough to handle Eric on four blue shoes
2: <laughs> God bless you hey there's uh there's something that I want to address because uh I, I see Kanye somewhere in the background and yes. I'm wondering has Elijah hit the big time because he was jet setting with Kanye <laughs> on the private jet.
1: <laughs> is he the Milo or is he Nick Fuentes?
2: I th- uh, oh, is that Nick Fuentes? God, I thought that was our underpaid producer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> jerk.
1: <laughs> it's but also it, not a jerk because I'm way richer in that photo. Is confirmed. <laughs> Elijah, our underpaid producer, is anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. Why does
0: Ye's nice. or Kanye's? Why does that mask make his face look like a beehole? hole? <laughs> like it looks <laughs> like a black starfish.
1: Who knows with him? He's lost his mind. But anyway, let's not go down. Let's not go down that path. Jeez. But he thinks um, he thinks
0: Hitler dresses nice, so that's cool.
1: <laughs> hey, everybody has their redeeming qualities. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like I said, don't let's not go down that path. I will say this though: I will, in connection to last week's breakdown about Balenciaga and their completely satanic <laughs> attack on children, I will say this: that it is telling that Balenciaga will cut ties <laughs> with Kanye over <laughs> anti-Semitic comments, but they won't cut ties with themselves. Oh, for sexualizing children. Tells you like the priorities are just a little a little whack these days out there. It's uh we love yeah, Jews and we love little kids.
2: <laughs> the PR department's like we have morals, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so listen
0: to this. Up. This is something my wife did with me yesterday. Um, is if you type in B-A-A-L right yeah. which we talked about all the BAL they references they had they the put
1: bail on uh, yeah. the on the tape. caution tape thing yeah
0: yes so and then there was actually another picture with bail written on it on a uh, like a, on a rug mm-hmm. like a rug that you would dust your feet off okay so if you take if you spell balenciaga if you spell it b a a l and then space e n c i space a g a it means Bale is king in Latin. Yeah,
1: yeah. And if you Balenciaga, sh- Bale is an king. old shirt. There's a there's a famous Satanist that had this phrase: "Do what thou wilt, do what you want, do what you will." Right? And Jay Z was seen wearing this designer shirt that says "Do what thou wilt" before blah blah. And I don't want to get into too crazy conspiracies, but if you put ba b a l e n C I A G A. If you do it that way in Latin, it means "do what you want." <laughs> so there's no at this point, like the coincidence is long gone to what really? that is, and every everything's intentional. But yes. uh, if you didn't if you didn't hear our take on Balenciaga, then uh, we we broke that down last Friday's episode. And the reason we break that down, you're like, I thought you guys were law enforcement, like. That's more like child exploitation. Well, you haven't listened to the show very long. We've talked about child trafficking, sex trafficking. um,
0: Government-sponsored trafficking. As
1: as, as a problem. And Project Veritas just came out with a whistleblower interview from HHS um, about literally um, these children that are coming across the border. uh, They're basically doing the cartel's bidding. They're, they're allowing, quote-unquote, family members. So, like, they're interviewing this 16-year-old uh, Hispanic female, presumably from Mexico, but at least via Mexico, where her country of origin is, I don't know. But she's 16, and she ran away because she was getting pimped out by her, quote-unquote, aunt, <laughs> who, who she had never met before. She was just assigned into this house. And she had no idea who the lady was, but she was her aunt because she knew her when she was a little kid, you know, in Mexico or whatever. So HHS is literally assigning kids into homes that are coordinated by the cartel for the purpose of trafficking these children out for sexual exploitation and profit. And it's happening. And this is a whistleblower talking about it. And uh, I'm sure she didn't kill herself when it comes to it. uh, But then there was another cryptocurrency guy that, Uh, Tweeted out that the CIA and Mossad are running a sex trafficking ring out of Puerto Rico. And he he believed that he would be framed, uh, that there would be, (laughs) he would be killed and tortured. And then a few hours later, after he tweeted that, he was found fully clothed, uh, drowned in the ocean near Puerto Rico. So. Um, this is, a, it's all fascinating stuff at this point. If you call reality conspiracy, well then cool. <laughs> yeah. Welcome
0: to the conspiracy show, baby. It's like, it's not even like, I did so fucking stupid. Like I, there was somebody at my distillery that was like, I, they, somebody came into the distillery. There's another couple sitting at the bar and somebody said, Hey, Tansy, I love that Balenciaga episode. You guys did, man. That's crazy. I didn't know anything about that company. I mean, it just really goes to show you that the ruling elite really like, I mean, there's like a real problem, you know, with that. And this person's like, "Oh, you guys are into those conspiracies, aren't you?" Uh huh. And I was like, "Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, dude, it's not a conspiracy if you look at the fucking facts of it. Here it is. Here's
1: the ad campaign. This we're not we're not talking about presumption. We're talking about this is this is what was taken down. This like this happened."
0: They apologize for it, dude. Like they tried to cover it. You know, it's crazy that, like, you know, and, and that's what, I mean, that's what we've gotten these days. It's like, people don't, it's like, do you just not want to know the truth or like, what's like, imagine if we went to a crime scene as cops and you showed us all the evidence of a murder and and you're like, no nah, judge, I don't, I don't believe in conspiracies. He'd be like, what are you fucking talking about?
1: Yeah. And
0: Casey Anthony obviously did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, And then the parent company of Balenciaga, which they have a parent company, that guy is connected to an art exhibit that sold art pieces, like children mannequins with uh, genitalia as part of their anatomy. Like they they would take a small boy's nose and turn it into a penis and have a penis coming out of the kid's face instead of a nose, you know? And they sold these pieces as art. Um, And... Yeah, it's, I mean, if it's that's wild. art, then every
0: infantryman in the entire military service in any country is, you know, like a modern day Van Gogh because soldiers can draw penises on anything and in reference to anything. And if that's art, then they should make it a whole exhibit of military infantrymen, penis art. I once saw the two twin towers drawn by, by Taliban on a wall in a, in a Taliban holdup where they drew two penis world trade centers being hit by a penis plane. Mm hmm. They weren't circumcised because they were Taliban that drew them. But like every soldier from every culture has some kind of a weird gift of drawing penises. Maybe that's, that's like what the Azab should be. If you can draw <laughs> a really good penis, you go straight to the infantry.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh boy! All right, <clears throat> enough of this stuff. Go back and listen to those episodes if you want. Yes, Drew, lay it on us, man. What what do we got today? Walk us through this uh, crazy month in two thousand
2: nine. Yeah, I, I, I want to address a couple things first. Uh, I just want to say that we do this to honor the memories of the the fallen. Uh, I I just lest any of us forget uh the sacrifices that a lot of these people made um so in taking Mike's lead from the past i i just want to say that we are three cops with morbid senses of humor and we're not making light of any situation whatsoever we might throw a comment out here or there but uh testament to me doing this whole breakdown to keep the memory alive of these um six officers that were killed in the span of 30 days i just I just want uh, it's kind of buyer beware on this. It's it's definitely not to make light of any situation. There's, upset uh, said, but there you go. We're going to start uh, on October thirty first of two thousand nine at about ten p.m. There in the uh, Seattle proper, um, there was a traffic stop uh, being conducted by a recruit. The recruit's name is uh, Britt Sweeney. And um her FTO was um, an officer by the name of Timothy Brenton. This uh, was her second day with this FTO in particular. They took they did a traffic stop in the area 29th and Yesler way. And um Tim uh just like any good FTO would do, said, Hey, why don't you pull over off to the side of the road here and we'll debrief so we can discuss how well you've done. This was like her 20th shift. Uh on the Seattle Police Department is the second night with this FTO, and um, there's a great breakdown of this from the officer herself on the podcast called "On Being a Police Officer" with my friend Abby Ellsworth. She she does a great interview with her, and Abby has uh, a lot of ties and connections to the Seattle Police Department, and and particularly this story. But at any rate, they're sitting there simply debriefing a traffic stop. And then all of a sudden, a, a car pulls up next to them, and a guy unloads with a two-two-three rifle, just starts shooting into the car. Uh, Britt's in the pass uh, in the driver's seat, and he shoots past and starts pegging uh, Officer Brenton with bullets. So she gets out in an attempt to react, keeping in mind that this is her second day with this FTO, and and her reaction is is kind of like. You know, she sh- she gets a few shots off herself, and her reaction is that uh, if you listen to her interview, I mean, she's going through this traumatic event. One, two, she's starting to think. You know, she's kicked into a academy mode. Like, where is my partner? How come nobody is helping me shoot this guy? And she's able to look back into the windshield and see the reflection and see that her her partner's already gone. He's already dead. So she had the wherewithal to get on the radio and obviously start screaming for help. Um, and then the cavalry came and, and the rest uh, kind of played out the way it did. If uh, there's a picture of the memorial, let's see if I can find How it. How did but it play out? Did they uh,
0: kill the guy that, Yeah,
2: it's the, oh, we're not, we're not close to, to being done. This is him. This is officer Timothy Breton. Okay. Um, so he was a, a young fellow when he, when he passed away. Uh, this is the memorial that they have. This was in, July of 2021, according to Google Earth. But uh, this is the exact spot where the car was parked. Um, So uh, they still honor his memory by doing that. Um, So she was grazed in the back and she was grazed on the top of her head. So she retreated to a parking lot close by. She was hunkered down when the officers were arriving because she didn't know what was happening in the sense that she didn't know if the guy was going to come back for more. She didn't know if she was the target of the stop or or the target of the ambush. She didn't know anything. So uh, the suspect was a guy named Christopher Manafort. He studied criminal justice uh, at, I I think, University of Washington or somewhere kind of, you know, decent, Um, by all accounts, seemed to be kind of a smart fella. But he had a, uh, a very adverse reaction to a video that was being played over and over and over on the media of a young black girl that was beat by police officers. And he decided to take, make it a personal war. And what he started doing was um, he, he initially firebombed a, uh, a set of police cars with the intent to kill police officers at the maintenance yard. Of the seattle police department and he left a, a big knife with a american flag bandana stuck in one of the grooves that was kind of like a calling card so after he committed this ambush on uh, on brit and timothy he left another bandana laying in the in the road there so um it was it was a calling card he had obviously lost the battle with mental health himself because he's gone from just being angry at the police to, to obviously not having a sane thought to not, you know, he's making it a one man war. So while they are, uh, at the, um, he, he left, by, uh, by the way, he, uh, left behind flyers about police brutality in his, uh, apartment. They confronted him in Tuckwilla, which is just South from what I understand of Seattle. And, uh, they, uh, confronted him. They identified who he was. They confronted him while the memorial service was going on. So homicide detectives were out working while the memorial service was going on. They confronted him and he tried to shoot a homicide detective, but his gun jammed. And luckily the homicide people were able to return fire and they pierced his spine or something to that effect. They crippled him. So he was in a wheelchair. Um, They went into his apartment, they found rifles, a shotgun, uh, and a bunch of propane bombs with nails. He had a bunch of tires in there that appeared that he was setting up for it to be a, like a makeshift bunker, and um, just just a bad dude. I mean, uh, he, he, this is Britt Kelly, by the way. She this is her testifying. the The problem with this thing is this occurred in 2009, I think it was. He wasn't even tried until 2015, so you know she had grown up. She she had. Um, she had a moment on the podcast that I listened to where she uh, thought, you know, I'm done with law enforcement. I'm going to quit. But she was in the procession and she saw a little boy scout standing on the side of the road, saluting the procession as it went by. And she said that that was a landmark moment for her. It made her decision to stay Hmm. the course. And she's still, she's a detective to this day. So uh, obviously we're glad she's here uh, for, for a number of reasons. Isn't that crazy
0: that like, she probably doesn't know who that little boy is. She's probably never reached out to him, but like, and that little kid will probably never know that he changed the trajectory of somebody's life Absolutely. just by a simple gesture of kindness. And that like, I don't know. It's just weird to think about that, that something that you you've done, or maybe that you've, that you don't even realize that you've done is like change somebody's life forever. It's pretty cool.
2: Just the, the, the peaks and valleys of this whole thing. Like you, 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 was- you're involved in a very critical shooting where somebody wants to target you just because you wear a uniform. So naturally, I, I think one of your instincts would be, well, I'm just going to give up on this career. This is crazy. To the to the peak of seeing a, seeing you know just some little kid's uh, patriotism or support for law enforcement, and that's representative of what the community is, not what this guy did and yeah she made a 180 and she decided to stay with uh in law enforcement she she investigates now uh, officer involved shootings so she's you know she's doing well she's doing very well but on the screen you see here christopher manafort that's the uh the crazed gunman and that's uh our officer who was really that's that's from- the
0: manafort guy right there yeah man he looks he, like a I, social you- media influencer
2: I found a, um, and again, he, Oh, and by the way, he died in prison of an overdose. He died of prison and it was either his pain medications or something to that effect. So, I mean, he got what he got. There there was, there was talk that he was going to commit suicide or he had planned on committing suicide at some point anyway, but he died in prison, uh, after being convicted, I believe of his murder. But you know, she had to go through the trial and the whole nine yards. I mean, that's pretty, pretty tough. Yeah. Ask me. So that's, uh, that was the first one. Again, that was, think of that Halloween night. Like, I mean, that's every Halloween that rolls around. I mean, it's a, it's pretty prominent on on their minds. So now we move on to uh, Lakewood, uh, the Lakewood Police Department incident. This occurred on 1129. So less than a month later. And I know that if you were working in law enforcement at, t- at the time, you definitely remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember very well. Um, but we lost on that day, and I'll go into the story. But we lost on that day. Sergeant Mark Renninger, he was a 39 year old, 13 year veteran. We lost Officer Greg Richards, who was 42. He was an eight year old, uh, eight year veteran of of that department. Tina Griswold, Officer Tina Griswold, she was 40 years old. She ha- was a 14 year vet. And officer, Ronald Owens. He was 37 at the time, and he was a 12-year vet. So, essentially, what happened was they were um, in Lakewood. This is them. I should have had that up there. They. Uh, it was a Sunday morning, and tell me, tell me, cops. I mean, the the the, the other reason I'm doing this, uh, doing these breakdowns, is because these are things that you do every day. And, and, you know, especially if you're an FTO, you sit and debrief. And so I'm not trying to make you paranoid. I am trying to call attention to the fact that it can we're fragile. We're very fragile. It can happen to any of us at any time. So, you know, please be careful and please be diligent. But here they are. Uh, God rest their souls. This was uh, the incident location. It's oh, called yeah. the Forza Coffee, mm. Coffee Shop. It's this. in Lakewood. And it's uh, uh, now called Blue Steel, by the way. I mean I don't think it's I don't know if it's named after the, the The modeling What was that movie with Ben Stiller I can't remember But That was a great uh, movie
0: With uh, Damn dude Drugs um,
2: Zoolander 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 yeah. Thank you Mur-man. Hold on let me Let me do this real quick
1: What is this a center for ants <laughs> I just-
2: Wake me up Before you go go Obey oh, <laughs> my dog
1: Don't get me started
2: Man, I love I that movie. either. Okay, again, this is what I'm saying. We're not making light of the situation, however, this No, dude, if I get movie. smoked in a coffee shop, like
0: I want them to fucking name it after my favorite movie. Yeah.
2: We're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood a little Alcohol. bit. But at any rate, so we lost our four uh, brothers and our sister, three brothers and one sister. They were at the Forza coffee shop. This is why I'm saying that we do this all the time. It was a Sunday morning, they had all responded to a call and they all met at Forza right after. And two of them, uh, three of them were sitting at the table. Um, uh, I, I forget which one was standing in line. I, I think Officer Richards was standing in line. So the the suspect, um, his name is Maurice Clemens. I'll give you some whatnot on him in a second. He walked into the Orza coffee shop. He immediately shot Sergeant Renninger and Officer Gris- uh, Griswold as they sat at the table um officer owens stood up to try to return fire think of how quickly he had to react i mean this guy just w- you can see on the diagram here here's the front door i don't know if you can see my mouse but here's the front door and this is where they were sitting yeah. i mean so he walked in with the intent of killing them obviously and killed two of them probably they never saw what coming. the third stood up to to engage him in battle they they i, I think tussled and he was able to get one shot off, but he was also shot in the neck. So that, that killed him. And then the fourth guy, officer, um, I believe it was Officer Richards, was in line. He turned, a, he turned around. He tried to engage. Um, and I, I believe he did get a shot off, and it shot the suspect in the stomach. But somehow that guy overpowered him and took his gun and killed him and left. The, the suspect is, uh, again, Maurice Clemens. So he fled the area. There's a guy, there's an interesting story I saw. It was kind of like an, an update. Uh, there's a guy named Lieutenant Jeff Alwine. He was the first officer on the scene. He went inside this coffee shop, saw what he saw. And he, he said, that, he said, my moment of clarity is when I walked outside and said, man, I got to start making phone calls. I got to call like the chief and stuff. Like, you know, can you mm-hmm. imagine the shock of walking into that? So then the reporter said, ah, but that wasn't the first call you made, was it? And he he said, no, I called my wife first. Could you imagine? Oh my God. I mean, just like her being on the other end of the phone, first of all, and then him just like, how gut wrenching is this? It's, it's not a matter of, let me call the fire department and save these guys. It's, it was like four, four of your brothers. I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the department, I don't think is that big. So, um, quite a shock. So um, he had two different handguns uh, and he, uh, oh, oh, that was the thing. He had two different handguns. He had a nine millimeter, which jammed during the fight. He took out a second handgun and he shot and then he stole the the other officers. Which is why we should ban all assault handguns. Yeah, we should. Mm -hmm. Every single one, every last one of them. Black rifle assault guns. Let's, uh, black we'll, rifle we'll assault test,
0: handguns.
1: The ghost
2: we'll ones. We'll test that out in Chicago. <laughs> you know what's crazy
0: guns. though is like, so I became a cop in 2012. Um, I think I started Academy in like 2011 or something like that. But um, when I got out, our my squad every Sunday had breakfast together and they all parked in different parking lots and would like walk. Like they would go like, they would walk across the street. And so when I was a rookie and I, we pulled in one time we pulled up and like, we parked like at the Bruger's bagel and we walk inside and there's like seven cops in there. But I was like, damn, where's everybody's cop cars. And then when we left, I saw people like walking across the street, people walking over to the McDonald's dude, walking over to the pizza hut. And I was like, why does everybody scatter their cars? And he's like, so nobody knows that there's a bunch of cops sitting in here. So we don't get ambushed. Right. I was like, damn. Hmm. And then it wasn't until I, you know, saw this story in a in-service training video, um, where we actually did some live scenarios where we, where they set up uh, a sim rounds thing, but they set up like a mock restaurant and we would sit there and somebody would come in the restaurant and you would have to get up and react, get out of the booth. And it kind of showed you what kind of chair you'd want to sit in. If you go to a restaurant, you don't want to sit in the booth because you you can't engage any targets. So, you know, cops will always sit at, you know, with, you know, that that was the whole, you know, we never sit with our back towards the door and yada, yada, yada. So,
1: yeah, we had a, we had a standing, I don't think it was in our general orders or, or policy manual or anything like that. But I, I remember this, this happened like, I remember this happening, and I also remember there being both self-imposed and, like, from the chief down, like, hey, if you guys are going to breakfast, no more than no more than two guys at a time, like, didn't want people clustering, especially, like, we had the habits, like, Sunday, I worked 12s, so Sundays was always, like, the try to do nothing, right? You're coming yeah. off of your longest week and yep. 3 days back, you know, back to back of 12s plus overtime, whatever was going on, you're wiped out on Sunday. So the, right. the mode on Sunday was always just take your calls. We're not Sundays is not proactive day, Sundays is get get done with the shift day and it was always like usually the a meal together, whether it was Yeah, I always or cooked else. out. Like and I always barbecued like, on Sundays. And uh, so when we when we did the breakfast thing, uh always trying to be cognizant of where we were parking and it was definitely a thing it definitely made yeah. a this definitely made a shift I think across the country for a lot of cops and a lot of departments thinking I don't want this to happen to us so what do we do you know to be practical about it but then like with all things it becomes gradually you know less Comprises. sensitive and then eventually you kind of can fall back into some bad practices.
2: Well, this is exactly why I want to talk about it. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to take credit here or break my arm to pat myself on the back, but these stories should not um, fall by the wayside. I mean, these, these are realities and uh, ambush uh, attacks are up, you know, in the 100%, you know, like 150, 125%, whatever. You can look on the FOP website. I mean, w- w- more officers are being killed by gunfire. It, like the biggest killer right now still is covet apparently but more officers are being killed by gunfire and ambush style th- th- those two or three that just uh were shot and killed in connecticut that they they were ambushed i mean it was a domestic at a bar and um this can happen anywhere at any time and uh there is a certain disdain for law enforcement perpetuated by a biased media and i, I don't even I'm not even holding that as an opinion. I'm holding that as fact. Uh, Not all media is biased, but there is a lot of uh, anti-law enforcement sentiment or just dangerous rhetoric within uh, the media that, that creates monsters just like this. I mean, uh, here you had this, that, that first guy who just saw the, the uh, girl getting beat over and over again. And he decided he was going to take out as many cops as he could. This guy,
0: uh, white, white police officer shoots a black man, in the back while running but like that's the title it's not black man shooting at cop while running into a mall gets shot by police officer it's Engaging police officer shoots that. black man in the back while running away yeah so it's right. it's, it's completely anti-police rhetoric i mean it is facts so.
2: when abby and i did the breakdown it, and hopefully you'll see it was last call Last week, Abby and I did a breakdown of a New York Times article where it, we talked about this uh, media bias, basically, because the New York Times article was essentially that traffic stops turn deadly, but for the passenger or for the for the driver and the passenger, not for the cop. And, and they would name by name and race the, the, the victims of these um, police shootings. But when they talked about the police who were killed. There's no mention, it. it was just like a Chicago police officer, or you know, what I mean, like it was just right. it, like no mention of the name, no mention of the race. So, why are you bringing it up in the first place? Is the question. I mean, is it a, a human being killing another human being, and what brought it on? I mean, there's a lot of details that go into these things. So, um, so at any rate, this guy, uh, his name was, um, uh, Maurice Clemens, he was a very bad dude. He was, um, here, let me show you. Clemens, he was a bad, uh, a bad dude. Uh, let me tell you, he had five felony convictions in Arkansas. He had eight felony convictions in Washington State. Uh, he convinced he was supposed to be in prison for an ungodly amount, like a hundred something years in Arkansas. But then Governor Mike Huckabee commuted his sentence. He he pardoned. He didn't pardon him. He um, he commuted part of his sentence because of his age when he had committed. Most of the crimes for which he was sentenced and he took flack for that when it occurred and it's said to have uh, cost him his his presidential run i think it was in t- 2000 uh, i can't remember but at any rate that's a, cuck- that's an
1: interesting statistic there would be if you if you looked across 50 years of data on cops that were um killed intentionally by a by a suspect how many of those people in theory should have been incarcerated like they had been something extraordinarily lenient had taken place where they were released um and you're like wait a second how many armed how many armed robberies does a human have to do to just stay in jail (laughs) you know like uh, that kind of a thing
2: that that was this guy's story, actually, in, in Arkansas. Like he, he, was let out on on I, I think on parole, violated with a with a gun while he was on parole in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Reconvinced the board that he had straightened his life and that he wasn't ready to readjust, so they're like, okay, well we'll give you another chance to readjust. And he did in a sense readjust. He moved to Washington where he he had a successful business, and he was supposedly doing well in the successful business. He owned properties and he owned, you know, a pressure washing or painting business or something to that effect. Um, and then he just went, uh, well, as a matter of fact, the, the to make your point, uh, to solidify your point, Mike, uh, he bonded out of jail a week prior to this on a $190,000 bond. He assaulted a police officer who was trying to arrest him, I think, for a child, uh, like a, a sexual... Like he had stripped naked and, and made them fondle him. He, he was another case of like, he went off his rocker. He lost his rocker. So yeah. in the process of trying to arrest him, he assaulted an officer. He posted bond for $190,000, got out and decided to start killing cops. So the, 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 the only, uh, the <clears throat> ribbon in this whole thing is uh, an officer by the name of Benjamin Kelly. Ben Kelly, he's a Seattle police officer. There's a unique tie uh, in all of this, and I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute. But um, Ben Kelly said in, in an interview that they had received word, in he's from the Seattle Police Department, and Lakewood is just south of Seattle. So he, he they had received word that there were confirmed sightings of this guy um, in Seattle. And he, he, it was a Sunday night roll call, 7 p.m. And so he didn't leave roll call with the intent of going to find this guy. But he started, uh, he picked up on the fact that there was a series of stolen cars at around midnight. And um, which he found odd because most of the time people wake up at 7 in the morning and figure out their car is stolen. But th- this was a weird, like somebody was trying to call attention to themselves kind of series of stolen cars. So uh, what uh, Officer Kelly did was he was riding in his area in his zone. He came across this uh, Acura with the hood up. Obviously, it was 2-ish in the morning, midnight, 2 in the morning. It wasn't broad daylight like that. Man, that, they that's were, the
1: office. Even in 20, uh, 2009, this was, and they still had them rollers going. Now, they didn't even have LEDs then. I think LEDs were a thing in 2009, weren't they? Dang.
0: <laughs> no, dude. I mean, YouTube came out in 2006. Let that sink in for a second. YouTube did not exist
2: before two thousand six. Crazy. That like speed. This is only like three right years in the of middle YouTube. Of the... So he rolls up on this uh this accurate. He didn't even run the tag. He he remember he remembered the tag. He's like, Okay, I got a stolen vehicle here. It was one of the stolen vehicles. And he says he turned around and he saw a, a guy walking towards him and he's like, Oh, what's you know, it's the usual like Who's this guy? Does he have a warrant? Is is he part of the stolen vehicle? And he comes face to face with him, and he's like, Oh shit, that's him. This is the guy. So he engages in a, uh, like he starts giving them verbal commands. They were near this large hedgerow and he, um, shoot him. Well, he, he was in his car. He was kind of trapped in his car in a sense. Ben Kelly was, so he was, um, there was some kind of confrontation, Uh, the guy starts making separation. And as he puts it, he's like, look, this guy just killed four officers. We knew from roll call that he was armed with one of the officers guns. And I wasn't going to stick around to see what was going to happen next. So I put three, three rounds down range because he thought if he makes it to this hedgerow, I'm never going to, he's going to have the tactical advantage. I'm not, we're never going to, we're not going to see him. He's going to disappear in the night or he's going to shoot me or something's going to happen. So, Um, he he tried to get on his radio. Now, uh, I I believe he was told not to talk about the radio incident maybe or, or whatever, but he made two attempts to talk on his, on his walkie talkie to no avail. He couldn't get out. He made an attempt to get on his main radio, which is always the Trump card for us. We're like, okay, you always got the main radio because it's got all the power. He couldn't get out. So on his fourth attempt, finally, after shooting at this guy and whatever is happening, finally gets it out. The cavalry's coming and they were able to uh walk up on this guy uh and see that he had been uh shot. He'd been fatally wounded. So
1: nice.
2: um yeah, right. So Why couldn't he, he, he talk about them. his radio traffic? I think the department was kind of like, let's not talk about that. Really, was he
1: our equipment's not working right, <laughs> right.
2: oh right. so he I, wasn't I mean, like
0: on the radio like fucking call my attorney call my no, wife no, no, no. call my travel agent I just got my fucking stateside. side I'm going no, on no, vacation no, no. fuck this motherfucker
2: no it was a, I think it was an equipment malfunction and I look I I, I'm talking out of school I wasn't there I, I've heard that that's what happened and I, I see I saw it in an interview that he talked about getting on the radio four different times and it not working. So I'm just, I'm kind of doing the math myself there. It, it's not a slight on the Seattle Police Department or, or anything like that. I just stating facts. So, um, so there was a guy uh, just three weeks ago. Now think about this. So just three weeks ago, there was a getaway driver from the original incident at Forza. And just three weeks ago, that guy, that guy walked on a mistrial for those charges. He was, Convicted once for four counts of murder or something to that effect. He was, by their state Supreme Court, uh, the conviction was re- overturned. They tried him again, mistrial one. They weren't allowed to charge him with like the aggravated murder. So they charged him with first degree murder this time, hung jury this time, and mistrial just three weeks ago. So, you know, we're talking about what, 2009 that this occurred? Wow. And in 2023, this guy got this guy just uh, walked out of mistrial. I don't know if he's going to be tried again or not. Um, so, just in memorial or in dedication, Sergeant Mark Renninger um, had a uh, wife. Uh, where are they? Sergeant Mark Renninger had a wife and three children he left behind. Officer Tina DeLong Griswold had a husband and two children. Officer Greg Richards had a wife and three children. And Officer Ronald Owens was survived by his daughter who by the accounts that I've seen was kind of his shadow. Like they did everything together when uh, it was his time to visit. So, um, so that's, that's that. That's uh, the the mistrial declared for an alleged getaway driver in the 2009 mor- murder of the four Lakewood officers. Uh, it's just a shame that, that that's the, that's the way this, uh, this goes, but uh, this is our criminal justice system. And if you're in a certain um you know, like federal district, things are a little bit differently than if you're in, say, a different, you know, if you're on the East Coast, West Coast, or Middle District of Florida, things are different. Um, so, there's that. We go to our, our last. Um, this occurred twelve twenty one of 2009, just before Christmas. And here's our brother, uh, Deputy Kent Mundell. He was with the Pierce County Sheriff's Office. He was a ten-year veteran. Was 44 years of age when he responded with his sergeant to uh, a domestic. Um, the brother of the suspect was fighting with. Wait a minute, the suspect was fighting with his brother and his daughter, and he was intoxicated. And the these two, the 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 sergeant, uh, Sergeant Nick Hausner, and uh, and. Deputy Kent Mandel, Mundell uh, went in. They calmed this guy down enough to convince him to come out, to leave, to kind of defuse the situation. He had a gun concealed, and he shot the two. He shot them both. Uh, the sergeant, I guess, fell to the ground in the gunfire. Um, thank God uh, Deputy Mundell was able to return fire. He took the suspect out. He killed the suspect with his gunfire. Um, notable in this case is the fact that the daughter and the, the brother of the guy grabbed the sergeant and pulled him to safety during the shootout. Um, so there's that. I mean, uh, he died a week later. Uh, he was on life support 1228, you know what I mean? December 28th. So again, we're, we're talking about three days after Christmas, three or four days before the new year. He left behind a wife, a daughter, and a son. Um, So God rest his soul, and uh, hopefully, I hope the best for that family. I mean, and this all happened in uh, Seattle. It's all happened within. I'm I'm guessing a forty mile range of each other. Uh, Pierce County is uh, Eatonville is where this domestic occurred, which which is within Pierce County, which is kind of next to Lakewood, from what I can see on the map, and then just north. Of both of those areas is is Seattle proper. Yeah, bless, um, man. What a, You know, because in your state,
0: even like when an officer is killed in your state, it's a big deal to all the law enforcement officers. So to have like that many die. Yeah, everybody's going to the days. funeral.
1: You know, all the honor guards are activated. Everything's happening. And it's like so you're like having nonstop funerals for two
2: months. <sighs> Dude. Like at what, and it's just a it's a constant beatdown. I mean, within that within that radius alone, and think and and think too, like when you have those funerals, who comes in to supplement? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I know when when our brother in, in, at the Tampa Police was was killed, that we supplemented them. in then when we had somebody killed in our in line of duty here, Tampa Police came and patrolled our area so we could all attend the funeral. But it's just a beatdown for the entire law enforcement area and, and and everybody, you know, I think intrinsically in law enforcement, we all wanna pitch in and we all wanna do what we can. And, and some people just can't stomach yet another funeral, you know, and and I get it, uh, I I understand it. Um, I, I won't let the legacy die though. Um, and, and that's why even in retirement, I still go to these COPS um, functions, these, the, the national conference was amazing in Dallas, um, because when you hear the survivor stories, Or you hear the mistakes that the agencies made during the 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 aftermath of of an officer being killed you just you have to understand when we talk about the ultimate sacrifice we're talking about an ultimate sacrifice those aren't just words and i know that there are very personal stories you know in in among the three of us so um you know god bless everybody uh this the, the only bright um Spot in the story is in the first two cases, there was a common thread I told you. Uh, this is Britt Kelly. She was the the field trainee that, uh, and there is compelling dash cam of her trying to get her wits about her on YouTube, if you want to look that up. This is uh, Benjamin Kelly, the one that shot the the Forza 4, the, the Lakewood shooter, and they became husband and wife at one point. I don't know that they're still married, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into their business, but... Um, they, they they bonded over the the tragedy mm-hmm. and uh, they came husband and wife so um, you think they're not still it. together I don't know if they're still I mean they I think they still work together I I don't know if they're still together or not
0: oh why don't you think
2: they're still married oh I don't You're just do like all just all playing the odds <laughs> what no it's it's not that I'm just playing the odds it's it's that I might know but oh uh, I don't I just didn't want to get into it damn that sucks <laughs> But again I, I really want uh, the people to to be aware listen we're, we're a majority of us are cops or whatever. There are civilians that that pour more um, compassion or whatever into keeping the legacy or care about the law enforcement community than some cops do to, and i'll you know I'm just being blunt um, so I, that's why I think it's important to hear the civilian perspective like like abby ellsworth's um, podcast on being a police officer she she really has a uh, a, a compassion uh, for law enforcement, and she lived through this this uh, deadly era in Seattle, uh, kind of as a photojournalist and a journalist. So um, perhaps you want to listen to to what she has to say. She's she's uh, she's got our back.
0: Man, that's uh that was intense stuff, man. I'm, I'm glad we broke it down, and I, it's you know we see on the eve of of George Floyd's death that people are still doing parades for him they're still doing memorial things or hanging signs out on restaurants but like i know a handful of officers that have been killed in the line of duty and i i don't even know that i remember the dates that they were killed and i think that's sad and it sucks you know um right and and, you know maybe we probably should do a better job at remembering but at this point it's so many you know what i mean it's how many officers have died this year
1: it's been a lot that's a good question i I don't know it's if, been uh, a lot. Like they're on record. MP has that uh two hundred and seven this year.
2: This year, yeah. I, I'm showing uh three hundred and two officers shot, fifty-six killed by gunfire, hundred fourteen um uh, in seventy nine separate ambush style attacks. And that that doesn't include the hundred and thirty two that have committed suicide. That's something that I'm yeah. always last wearing. year
1: the numbers were skewed because of COVID. they Right. They classify 510 of the 652 as
2: medical. So, jeez, yeah, crazy, insane. So, you know, it's it's not it's easy to think that you know there's a war on cops, and there, I, in a sense, there is. I I get it. I mean, it, it drove me from the profession for you know in a just a very small sense. But, um, you you all have to know the cops out here have to know there's plenty of support. There's plenty of us that are still fighting your fight for you and with you, and um, I, I'm proud to do it. I mean, like, I got your back uh, at a minimum, and I know that there is uh, there are plenty in the civilian world that have your back as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cop organizations and cop um, nonprofits, you know, whatever that are that are funded by non-cops, you know that that are supportive. So the support is there. Um, There's definitely a contingent of, of humanity that is anti authority, anti police, uh, all that stuff. But by and large, and I think a lot of cops experience this too, by and large, the people you're encountering day in and day out, they're, they're supportive of the police as a gen, as a general rule, right? Like they just, they appreciate what you do. Uh, They might not express it um, all that, all that well, all the time, um, but there's a lot that goes on that is, a, that is very supportive if we open our eyes to it. And A lot of that comes from our own perspective. So we kind of have to hold two things true at once. Yes, there are nefarious uh, people out there with intent to do us harm when, when opportunity may present itself. So we have to cut, cut the opportunities off. We need to be wise. We have to be, you know, uh, tread, tread intelligently <laughs> in, you know, when're we're, we're, especially when we're in a uniform, And, but yet at the same time, we also can't disconnect ourselves from, from humanity, um, and, and, and lose ourselves in the, the fear of, of that. So it's, uh, it's not easy. Uh, no, no one's, no one says that. Um, but it's something that we have to walk that path for sure.
0: I'll tell you, if, if we had a lot more people sleeping on ghost beds, we'd have a lot less cops dying. If the world's
1: cranky people. If the world, if we could just
0: give everyone a ghost bed, the world would be a better place. It would end. Uh, it, it would end the climate crisis. It could end the war in Ukraine. Um, it could bond ties with China and North Korea if we all just slept on a ghost bed. Ghost bed's been a loyal sponsor with us since day one, and they are made in the good old USA. You, you, i thought it was three people it would be easier every mattress has a 20-year warranty and you can try them out for not 69 nights but 101 nights if you don't like them you can easily turn them return them with no hard feelings but you won't one of our favorite parts about ghost bed is that each mattress has a cooling technology so if you get hot at night these babies are a lifesaver. Stay cool while staying hard. That's my motto. Ghost Pet offers bundles so that you can get everything you need. You don't even have to really think about it. Choose from their four mattresses and pick your bundle. Whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want it all, I want it all.
1: I want it
0: all. I want it all. I want it all. Want it all. Together now. And I won't want it now. <laughs> Like their cooling sheets and pillows, you can get the best bang for your buck. Right now, Ghostbed is offering a flash sale 40% off Ghostbed Bundles, where you get a mattress and adjustable base. If you use the code Wolfpack, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, or 30% off of everything, if you use Wolfpack at ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, you can buy a mattress for like $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing. And that's if you have Drew Breezy Retired Man's credits yeah man, go to ghostbed.com forward slash Drew's uh, Wolfpack.
1: Come on, we know this. What's it that? Is. Drew's in the eight hundreds.
0: Seven ninety eight. <laughs> 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 Drew makes tens of dollars a month. Oh, easily. Well, man, that was awesome. Um, I really appreciate everybody for being here today. Uh, this week on Last Call, I have Corinne Tatum coming on. So you don't want to miss that on Thursday coming out. Uh, a big fan of Corinne Tatum. That's Brandon Tatum's wife. Uh, hey, and She's is, been uh, very Corinne, vocal lately.
2: What? Is she going to do an eyebrow tutorial? Yes. I, been, that's what I'm bringing her on for you.
0: Hopefully. Perfect.
2: So that your eyebrows don't look like shit at your civilian
0: barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then we've got uh, another off the cuff coming on Saturday. So make sure you guys are that. And uh, if
1: you're a a member on YouTube, you can watch live tomorrow morning. Eight forty five. Yes. Eight
0: forty five. I'll be there. (laughs) And then I also want to do. I don't know if it's possible. Um, (laughs) I've been there a few times. Drew
1: is always there. You've been there (laughs) like one and a half times
0: plunk he's I'm always he's there been in spirit i'm there every time 100 60 percent of the time i'm there 100 percent of the time um i also uh, would love to put together maybe a christmas special with everybody before we enter the new year the new year is going to bring a bunch of changes to filler to stop and uh, a lot of things so i'd like to to end out this year with with a group podcast but i'll try to get that that going now and maybe we can get us all at some time together maybe it's on an evening or a pre-recorded thing i don't know but uh, we will be doing a some kind of a Christmas special uh, of sorts, but uh, again, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to to Failure to Stop Podcast with myself, Mike the Cop, Drew Breezy, underpaid producer. Almost said unpaid, but that's not true. He's he's paid. So. <laughs>
1: He's and and I think today's the first. To is today
0: the first or the second? Today's the second. Today's the second. Shit, dude, I didn't even see if we got paid yesterday. I need to check, see if we get paid. I,
1: I was lazy. I sent the invoice today. So. <laughs> oh, good, dude. I, uh, it's my bad. I didn't remind you.
0: <laughs> I need to check uh, and see, see if we got paid. Uh, all right, guys, until next time. Giddy up. Guns.